0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Honestly, during the game I didn't see it.
3: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Same Old Arsenal podcast. We're doing another POTS preview. I hope you have all just about calmed down from Tuesday night's drama. Uh, It was great stuff. We're going to be doing an FA Cup preview again. The FA Cup is back and we have got Bournemouth on Monday night. And joining me is a Bournemouth fan from the Back of the Net podcast, AFC Bournemouth. It is Sam. Sam, how are you, buddy?
0: Yeah, very good, Dan. Not too bad at all.
3: Mate, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. I really appreciate your time and efforts, mate. Uh, also joining us is Andrew from Hinkley Gunner from the Dal Square Podcast.
2: Andrew, how are you, bud? I'm very good, thank you, mate. How are you?
3: I'm very well, thank you, mate. Have you calmed down from Tuesday night's drama? It was a bit of a dramatic well, ending, f- wasn't
2: it? Oh, it's fantastic! Absolutely loved the the match, and uh, my man, my man Martinelli came good. And I've been waiting waiting for him to do that goal since the Fiorentina match uh, pre-season when he nearly scored the same goal. But, uh, yeah, what a fantastic game. And, uh, yeah, loved it. Loved it. I haven't really calmed down yet, no. Uh,
3: I don't blame you, I don't blame you at all. Someone who certainly was excited is my last guest, who is all the way from Cos. It is old man Trev. Trev, how are you, bruv?
1: Hello, Potsy. How are you doing, Sunday? I'm really good. Really good. Still buzzing from Tuesday night. Uh, very happy, man. Uh, excited. Looking forward to these next few games and hoping we can carry on. Yeah. And I'm back tomorrow in the UK. Uh, it's goodbye, cost for a bit tomorrow. Back to the UK. Let's get some Arsenal games in. Keep that atmosphere going. Yeah.
3: Yes, mate. Trev, we'll start with you because you are going to the game on Monday and you do like Bournemouth, don't you? Is it fair to say you like the Bournemouth ground?
1: I do. It's a proper old, tiny little old stadium, isn't it, Bournemouth? I love going down there. It's always a good atmosphere. Bournemouth fans are always very welcoming. And, uh, yeah, it's just just a good little... It's just a shame we don't get a few more tickets normally because it's a hell of a scramble to get a ticket. But uh, I've been lucky for a few years now and uh, looking forward to Monday because we've got a different away end on Monday. We've got a few more tickets. We're behind the goal, so we're going to show them Bournemouth boys out and make an atmosphere in that stadium, hopefully. (laughs)
3: Let's hope so, mate. What did you make of the draw, Trev, when you got Bournemouth away? Was it when, you know, with Arsenal, we're always hoping for a a, a team that's an easy draw as possible. I was not too happy with the draw. I would have liked somebody else. But what did you make of it when uh, we came out against Bournemouth away, Trev?
1: Well, yeah, it would have been nice to get... I always like to go having a away day at a lower league club, get another ground in, you know. But Bournemouth came out and I thought, oh, we, they could have beat us when we played them in the league at their place, you know. It was 1-1, could have gone either way. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I thought this, this could be a big game. Uh, I, I, I dare say Sam will be able to tell us what their injury list is like because I know they've had a bit of a long injury list. So it might be whoever can get the strongest side out on Saturday giving some people a bit of a rest. Mm. We'll we'll win the day, hopefully, and hopefully that'll be us, of course. Sorry, Sam, but uh, I'll take you. (laughs)
3: Let's let's hope so. I'm sure Sam will get us back. Um, Andrew, we'll bring you in quickly because Boxing Day, we played them at Bournemouth. It was 1-1. Wasn't an amazing performance on the day from either side, if I'm honest with you. Um, But is this a different Arsenal now from a few weeks ago over that festive period, Andrew?
2: I think think we're getting fitter and fitter by the game. Um, So... Fingers crossed. I think we're going to put out a a pretty much full-strength side, personally. Um, I'm not sure whether Bournemouth will, whether they're going to be prioritising the upcoming Premier League games, obviously, because of the situation they're in. But, I mean, game by game, we're just getting better, I think. And we're getting more belief, getting more confidence. Um, The whole culture shift within the club, I think, is more evident as uh, as we go on. I mean, the match against... um, Against Chelsea the other night was just the, the we wouldn't have won that a few weeks ago, put it that way. We, we're getting better and better, so yeah, fingers crossed we're going to see an even better Arsenal on Monday because I, I really am hoping for a good cup run, personally.
3: Mm. Yeah, listen, I am. I think that it's not been a—it's uh, been a pretty gross season, hasn't it, so far? And I think that we're all looking mm. at, at the cup games now because we believe that the, the the league has kind of slipped away from us as such. But let's hope we can pick some form up, Sam. It'd we're going to come to you and talk some Bournemouth because um, we've talked Arsenal to death. It seems forever now, and I want to get an insight into what. Bournemouth fans are thinking of their season because it's been a, a little bit surprising as far as I'm concerned. I'm a big fan of your manager. I think you've got some great players. Um what do you think's happened this season with you boys?
0: Yeah, it's been bad. We've been consistently inconsistent. Um <laughs> unfortunately, injuries haven't helped. Uh we, as you say earlier, um, Trev, I mean, yeah, I could get the encyclopedia out and put every player that's injured on it. I don't think I'd have enough pages to fill it with. It's it's horrendous at the moment and there's a lot of key players that are out and as a result we're playing fringe players uh, in many matches. Um, we've blooded new players that haven't got much Premier League experience um, and then we've also had to rely on the old guard as well, i.e. the people that have got us up from the Championship. So um, you've got quite a concoction there. Um, a number of new players have been you know, blooded especially in the midfield where you've got harry wilson um our winger that we signed uh dan juma um there are our wing backs rico and jack stacy that haven't had any premier league experience and you know put that all together these players were supposed to have been phased in really and they haven't they've had to learn a new system in in a couple of players' languages, they've had to learn a new language. Um, so, that, you know, there has been a problem. We haven't gelled as much, and as a result, it, it hasn't quite worked on the pitch. There's, there's just not been that fluidity, but I can't just put it down to injuries. There have been uh, tactical mistakes from Eddie Howe, um, questionable decisions, and uh, even the most rose-tinted Cherries fans will have realised that there have been some mistakes that he's made. Um, but... It feels like after our last victory on Tuesday against Brighton, there is light at the end of the tunnel because we saw glimpses of the Bournemouth that we know and love. Uh, so hopefully the inconsistency can stop now, really.
3: Mm. Yeah, it is a strange one because uh, what what do the Bournemouth fans make of Eddie Howe then this season? Because if I was to say, ask, you know, uh, all of them, do they want him to stay? Do they want to see someone different? What percentage want to keep him or what percentage want him gone, do you reckon?
0: Uh, yeah, I think the large part wants Eddie Howe to stay. There have been a lot of uh, new fans that have uh, sort of, you know, obviously our club, a number of seasons ago, we were getting attendances of 4,000. So, you know, I know we've got a small stadium, but so we've gained 7,000 new fans from somewhere. Um, and, you know, some of the newer fans and the youngest fans, dare I say it, have been saying that he needs to go. But then a few of the older ones have too, but it's a very small I mean, a small percentage. The most, um, on the most part, you know, Bournemouth fans love him. They would want him to stay, even if we got relegated. They would want him to see it through, because you know, at the end of the day, he has seen promotions from League One right till the Premier League. So he's experienced, and the club's completely built around him. He's a fan more than anything, as well. Um, therefore, he'll be he'll be feeling it the most out of anyone, um, and uh, he's a very conscious manager, he knows he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, both on the football pitch, but commercially as well, with deals that need to be signed and people are sort of looking at our league position thinking, oh, you know, do we? Um It is a worrying position, but he's the man to, you know, to pull us out of the mire that we're in um, 100 percent. Not least because, um, you know, he has got the backing of the players. There were sort of rumours of a bit of, you know, sort of disunity didn't but he really seemed to be the case and on Tuesday the players finally showed it so um he's got the full support of everyone at Dean Court for sure
3: Mm. yeah and I think so they should I think he's a top manager and I think he's a great lad Trev just just your opinion on Eddie Howe he was an outsider believe it or not for the Arsenal job before we got Arteta what do you make of Eddie Howe and do you think that Bournemouth should stick with him?
1: Yeah, of course, Bournemouth should stick with him. Look what he's done for him. There's in my mind, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I didn't fancy him coming to Arsenal. I, I wasn't sure that he was the right fit. I wasn't sure that he, that that the massive club would have been right for him. Um, other than that, I can't say any more. But it, yeah, look at what he's done at Bournemouth. That tiny little club, and 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 he's he's just. It's just been magic there isn't he? And, and I love the way he conducts himself. He's always calm, and 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 uh, yeah, he always makes a good case for Bournemouth Football Club when he talks on the telly as well. And I really do. I seriously, Sam, I really mm. hope you pull it round and you don't get relegated this year. You're one I of think- my favourites. I mean, I hope you get knocked out of the FA Cup this weekend, <laughs> but I do seriously hope that you that you pull it round and uh, and and you stay up because you're a cracking little club, and I, I've always been made welcome there.
0: I actually think we will be all right this season um, because, as I said on Tuesday, we you know we did see some glimpses of that. But like you say, he's a he's a manager that has got the club in his own interests. And I think if he's going to be going, I think the only way that he would go is him walking. I don't think he'd be pushed. Um, and you know that's you know that's how sort of you know conscious he is really. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I don't think it will happen.
1: Dan, it do you mind if I go on, Trev? Go on. Sorry, mate, do you mind if I ask Sam a question? I do apologise. Of course, mate. Um, so, taking like taking the, 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 the really big clubs out of it, say someone, I don't know, I've got to be careful what I say here, say someone like, uh, uh, I don't know, an Everton or, uh, wow. or a Leicester, or a Leicester, <laughs> getting a big club, came in for him. Do you think Eddie Howard would walk or would he, would he be loyal to, to Bournemouth? Uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm starting to wonder what his next move can
0: actually be as a manager, because you look at Everton, uh, obviously you may know that Eddie Howe was a boyhood uh, Toffees fan. So a lot of the media linked him with the club for that reason. But then they're looking at, you know, seasoned established managers such as Carlo Ancelotti. Um, even West Ham were linked. I don't know how true this was, but with Benitez and Benitez said no. And you kind of look at that next tranche of teams, you think, well, that's probably the next step. I think the top six way too far despite the fact that he always gets linked with um you know like as you say like and you know with outsider odds for teams like Everton and your rivals in fact as well um but you know these other teams are seemingly looking for you know bigger names um but if that offer did come in uh, yeah I'm sure he would think about it but I think it would revolve around how well Bournemouth are doing because he's I think he's got um a plan in his head of where he wants to take us and it's not And it's built around the infrastructure more than anything. I think he wants to leave the club in a secure position in terms of bricks and mortar. Perhaps not long enough to see a new stadium because, you know, he'll probably be in his 80s by then. But we are building a training facility at the moment that's 38 million pounds. And that's going to help create an incredible youth system much better than what we've got at the moment. And hopefully we can look to the kind of formula of what Southampton have done up the road and bringing in players that get sold for millions to
1: mainly Liverpool. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to dwell on it, Sam. But the promises of a new stadium don't always come to fruition. Trust well, me, my friend. Trust yeah. me. We know <laughs> that. We know.
0: Even stadium expansions, we you know, we were told that we were going to have um, a, a larger you know, end where the temporary stand where your fans are going to be on Monday night. That hasn't come to fruition either. So, um, you know, this training ground facility is happening. It's going to be a huge academy, 10 full size pitches and all, you know, all this stuff. Um, And then that clears the land where the current training ground is. And that's where the new stadium is mooted to be. But I mean, it's it's pie in the sky at the moment. I think the priority is just on securing our league future for the meantime.
3: I think it's going to be interesting because uh, the grass isn't always greener. I think Eddie Howe's loyal to Bournemouth. I think that the fans are right to stick behind him. He's going to probably, in my opinion, yeah, walk, not be not be pushed. And I think that when it comes to it, that sounds very familiar to a manager of ours of 22 years. So um, we shall see what happens with Bournemouth. But I'm, I'm with you, Sam. I think you'll stay up. I think Eddie Howe's the right man for the job. I'm going to talk about a couple of your players before we come back to Arsenal, if I may. Um players that I've been a massive fan of, actually three of them, but haven't really had an amazing season so far. Maybe it's due to injuries or lack of form or just the way Bournemouth have been this season. And those three players uh, do make up your spine. And that's Nathan Ake, Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson. I think they're probably three of your danger men, if I'm honest with you. Um, what have you made of their seasons and and, and are Bournemouth going to keep hold of these three? I'd
0: say um, a third of that lot you mentioned have had really good seasons. Um, Fraser and Callum Wilson... Not so much. However, they are integral players. I mean, I, I can't fault any of their performances on Tuesday against Brighton. They were phenomenal, um, but they are so integral. I mean, that spine of the side, as you say, last season, uh, Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson combined so many, so many times. If you got them in your fantasy Premier League sides or whatever, yeah, you're scoring massive points, the assists that Fraser was given, the goals he was scoring. Um, really good. And, you know, Callum Wilson, uh you know, very deadly in certain situations as well. But he's not been having the supply this season. um Fraser's not been at it. He was linked with Arsenal and you'd think that he, you know, he would be playing out of his skin if he wanted that move. But he hasn't been. I don't know if his head's been turned or his agent is saying certain things to him, but it's not been reflecting on the pitch. But that's not just him. So many Bournemouth players have been having substandard seasons. But, you know, on their day, that is such an incredible spine to have. And Nathan Ake is our biggest worry really about losing him, especially Chelsea, who've got a buyback clause on him, which they've got, you know, seven or eight days to activate it. But they say
3: how much that is. 40
0: 40 million apparently, which there were people saying that he's in the Harry Maguire bracket uh, of 80 million. But I mean, I I don't know, maybe 60, perhaps. Um, Either way, if you were Chelsea, surely you'd be thinking, well, I would buy him and sell him the next day if he didn't want him and you'd make a tidy profit anyway. But it's not in their interest apparently and um, I think he wants to be playing regular first-team football. Um, how long he will stay, I don't know because he he's one of those players that is um, you know growing whilst the club aren't particularly growing. Um, and I think players want to see their own ambitions matched off the pitch. That doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. Hence, Ryan, Ryan Fraser's had his head turned a little bit. Callum Wilson, I think, um, you know, his season's not been great, but maybe that goal that he scored against Brighton might kickstart it. He's probably worrying about his own chances in Euro 2020, to be honest. But um, with Harry Kane out, he might get a chance. However, he, I don't know. it's I can't see him leaving the club, um, certainly in this window anyway. So I think I think we'll be keeping them all.
3: Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't think you're going to lose any of them. Andrew, the transfer window is open. Nathan Aki, would you have him at Arsenal?
2: I, I would, yeah. Um, how, how old is he now? 24, 25? Is that right, Sam? Or I th-
0: Yeah, I think, I'm not too sure, actually. I think something like that. He's, he's still young, 24 maybe?
2: Because I heard on, um, I think it was one of the athletic podcasts, the transfer window podcast, that um, initially... Chelsea could have bought him back for forty million, apart of the agreement, and any other club could have him for around the sixty million pound mark. But yeah. recently, I heard uh, on that podcast that um, that's not actually the case. That they would actually entertain offers of around the forty million pound mark from anyone. Now, I don't know how true that is, but that was um, you know reported. And if that's the case, then uh, I mean, a hundred percent, then I'd I'd have him. And because I understand, and again, you probably be, might be able to correct me, but it, it seems that Bournemouth are in a little bit of financial difficulty and it's making um, the staying up um, a massive, massive issue for them because 85% of the income is going on wages, I understand. And yes. uh, I mean, they've made obviously quite a few risks in the transfer market, Um with players that, uh, you know, like Jordan, and I, and, uh, oh, the other guys name is escaping me. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how true all that is. It's just one of, what I've been uh, reading and, and, uh, hearing. So maybe that might be the case that, although you don't want to lose at, Ake, but maybe you would potentially sell him at, uh, that sort of price.
0: Well, on that, on that basis, uh, Two Dominic Solanke's equals one Nathan Ake, and I, I, you know, I would say that's 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 not the case. I would say that it's three Dom Solanke. I mean, he, he's like sixty million, in my opinion. But financially, I do. yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, people are always going to look at things longer term for a club like Bournemouth and start to worry um rather than any other club being in the relegation i mean we, we're we're not that far behind west ham if they were in our position now in 18th then people wouldn't necessarily be thinking the same thing but yeah i think um obviously most well i mean a large percentage it's the tiniest fraction of our income is you know not related to tv it's kind of you know your sales of you know kits merchandise uh you know tickets through the turnstiles etc when you got 11500 seats or whatever you're not getting much um you know sort of extra money but you sort of think about it even if we had another 15000 you know bums on seats really it, it wouldn't still provide that much money um maybe you know 5 10 million a year but when you get an 100 10 million from sky and bt or whatever it is um each season it you can see why staying in the premier league has been you know their priority rather than expanding the stadium hence all of these signings that we've made but you're right there have been some there have been some signings that you could say are questionable i think dom sankey jury's still out um but yeah he, for 20 million you expect to be signing a striker that is hitting the ground running, uh, which he hasn't done. Jordan Ibe, I mean, you know, we've signed Brad Smith from Liverpool for six million. I mean, we we seem to we seem to love, you know, giving them a lot of money um, for players that don't necessarily perform. It's not uh,
3: only you, mate, Liverpool have done that with a few clubs. Southampton being one of them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: you know, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite um, it's quite an interesting one money wise. Because yeah, if we were relegated, that would cause Huge problems, you know. I know there are clauses in players' contracts which would uh, mean that they would get a pay cut, but you know, not many of them would hang around. But that's why Eddie's the man to lead us out of the Premier League if if that Ooh. happens, because he's a good man manager and he can sign players like he has done that have performed like Ryan Fraser, you know, David Brooks, Aaron Ramsdale, our keeper, Josh King, Callum Wilson. There are a number of players there. I mean, all those lot that I mentioned barely total twenty million. Yeah, if you oh, put them right. on today, you'd be fetching a lot more. So, you know, for all the people mentioning our bad signings, there are good ones as
2: well. Um, oh, absolutely, on, yeah. yeah you know, he's oh, certainly I'd agree not... with that. Can I um, ask you another question that's always been on my mind about Eddie Howe as well? Hmm. And basically, I, I mean, the way he's brought... Bournemouth up through the leagues, it's just phenomenal and he's clearly a very, very talented manager. But one thing that's always worried me ever since you've been in the uh, Premier League is that it almost seems that once you get to that sort of what they call the magical 14 point mark, then you just go off a cliff and it it seems like you go into relegation form and it's only because of the points that you accumulate quite early on Mm. that it really sort of cements your place in the Premier League. But you you do generally seem to, if you look through your records, pretty much, you know, just like I say, you go off a cliff in the second part of the season. Is that any kind of concern for you as fans or, or am I, you know, not, not looking at it right or.
0: No, no not at all. I mean, it's interesting as, you know, like as an Arsenal fan, you are actually noticing that because us Bournemouth fans, yeah, I know that um, big time. It's, It's almost like once you've got your safety, you know, the players are on the beach. Um, unfortunately, what you know, what has happened in recent seasons, they've had warm weather training in Dubai in like this sort of late winter months, like early spring, and they've come back uh you know like they're on holiday. And it's you know it's been awful. But I think the problem is in the in the Premier League, obviously when we're in League One, League Two, Championship, the aim is to win. You know, the aim is to win the league. And there's a there is a Mm. different mentality when you're in the Premier League. It's just like obviously You've got your top two that are fighting it out, and then you've got four more. And then you think, well, you know, could we reach Europe? But it isn't the same aim as it was. Um, and I think that you know may affect the, you know the mentality. I think for Eddie Howe, it's just a case of improving season on season. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're right. Once we reach that forty points, it's it's almost like you know players whack on the flip flops and and don't sort of overly have the same passion and desire, fight, grit, determination. You know, call it you know, whatever, we're not putting in the hard yards. But um, I think this is sort of, you know, perversely, this is actually quite exciting for AC Bournemouth fans to actually have something to, you know, something to play for in the Premier League at last. And, Mm. you know, we're playing for our lives now. And, you know, the club's future could depend on it. So um, it's interesting, though, isn't
3: it? It is interesting, isn't it? Because I was just going to say, surely you just take the 40 points and then just see where you finish as long as you stay up. But Nave just said that it's, it, it could be exciting season for you. Oh, then we'll see. But um, it'd be an interesting t- for you. We're going to move on because um, we've talked enough about Bournemouth and this, believe it or not, is an Arsenal podcast. Um, <laughs> Trev, we're going to gonna, um, gonna come to you, mate, about Arsenal because it is an FA Cup game, which means that we may rotate some players. Um, for me... I said to you off air before we before we went live, Martinelli can't be dropped, can he?
1: No, you wouldn't think so, would you? It's interesting because I know I know it's an FA Cup game, and we would be expecting rotation. But don't forget, we've got we've got Bournemouth, then we've got Burnley, then we've got two weeks off, haven't we? Basically, because we've got that our, our rest week. So I don't know whether uh, Arteta will think, well, I'll play them all anyway. Because he might fancy a run in the FA Cup, but Martinelli, you know, you can't drop him. Why would you drop him? He, he, he's everything we've been we've been asking for for years now, and the, the 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 passion and the energy. Uh, to be honest with you, well, at, Ch- at Chelsea on 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 when was it? When did we play Chelsea? Tuesday, Tuesday night, mate, Yeah. Tuesday night, <clears throat> if I was very happy with the draw, I would have been I would have been ecstatic with a win. But if we'd have got beat at the end of that game, I'd have still been able to say, well, actually. The boys left it all on the pitch. The boys left it all on the pitch. And that's what's important to me. I I just want to walk out of the ground. I think the Arsenal played themselves into the ground today. And and Martinelli is the epitome of that, running all over the place. And and, and hopefully, well, it is. It's getting infectious through our team, isn't it? You know, we don't get caught up the pitch much anymore, do we? You know, we're dropping back and we're playing the game that, Teams have played against us for the last few years. We're starting to play that game. I'm excited. No, don't drop Martinelli. Definitely not. No, have no, Who do we drop?
3: Well, this is the this is the question, Trevor, as well, because we are down to bare bones as it is, and the transfer window, believe it or not, is apparently open. But we're uh, we're not doing anything about that uh, to help our squad. But what I will say is that I think some of these young players that have come through. Um, could be some of the answers to our questions because it's not just Martinelli, although he was outstanding, I thought, on Tuesday night and has been throughout the season. I think when he went through on goal, the last time I saw an 18-year-old do that for Arsenal was Nicolas Anelka, and he was a half-decent player, wasn't he? So let's hope that he's even yeah. better than him. But you've also yeah. got to mention the young lads like Saka, you know, the young lads like Guendouzi, who I thought come on and do brilliantly again, you know, he gets a lot of stick of the last few weeks, but I thought he was sensational when he came on and give a lot of passion and fight. But this lad, Saka Andrew. I mean, he looks absolutely exceptional, doesn't he?
2: He's um, uh, yeah, absolute quality. And I mean, he came out in the in the press not too long ago, a few days ago, and said, "If Arsenal want me to be a left back, I will. I will learn the role of a left back. You know, I want to be in the team. He wants to play for Arsenal. That's the most important thing to him. And it doesn't matter where it on the pitch. So, what a talent! He, he's got everything, isn't he? And, I mentioned a few weeks ago that um, it's almost tongue in cheek. I think it was after his first game at left back and said, could we have found our new Ashley Cole? Because he started off as a winger and, you know, and then sort of converted into a left back and he seems to have all the attributes. He he doesn't get knocked off the ball either. Um, He's got the strength. He's got the pace. Um, Yeah. So I I really rate the, the kid and, uh, at their age, they should be able to play every every game at the, at the moment. You know, we haven't got that many games coming up, like you said, Trev. I, I don't think we should have a weakened team. I think at the back, we're going to have uh, problems. But I think if um, Socrates is back for the game, hopefully, then we will just put a sack of potatoes next to him as, a, as his central defensive partner because he'd be better than uh, Mustafi, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, he might sort of deflect a few more balls away. So. But that's going to be the only issue is who we play at centre-back because, I mean, I, I, um, I, I don't like all the criticism for Chambers. I, I do think there's a really cultured defender there and he just needs to run the games now. And we, I think we're just going to have to bite the bullet and, and play him for a few weeks. And yes, he might make the odd mistake because he's rusty, he's been out for so long. But I think he just needs to play his way back into form. You yeah, mean I'm holding, you really mate. need him. You mean holding, I mean holding not champions, don't you? Oh, I yeah. do beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Of course I yeah. do. Yeah. He, I think he's a really cultured defender. I think he's got a lot of um, lot of really good points and he was just about getting to do to show what he could do before he got injured last season. Mm. And I think he needs to have a run. I really do. Mm. and uh, We'll just have to see how it goes because he, he even being rusty, I think he's still going to make a lot of less critical mistakes than Mustafi. He can't play in. He can't play again for Arsenal. He can't. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll ta- but he's just absolutely. I take this line. I'm sorry, but he's too. not. I mean, he had a fantastic game. Look, Trev. It, every game he plays is 90. percent He looks like a quality, good defender. But uh, we can't keep brushing over the fact that he he, he gives away a goal. Uh, every mistake he makes I'm seems with you, to be Andrew. A goal. Yeah. I'm with you so mate god Go Trev. i'll let you, you can't say back, oh he, he had with, a, he, he can't Andrew. say oh he had a terrible mistake and but oh but for the rest of the game he made up for it it, it don't work like that Trev. especially That's when spot you're on. a defender absolutely, absolutely I agree. so i absolutely i absolutely do agree. really like the can i, get I do a word? really like the fact that he had, <laughs> so one one second one more point i love the fact and i'll put it on twitter that he came back and he showed an awful lot of mental strength to come back from what he did. Uh, he had a few good games in the Europa League, etc. And I actually said, "Fair play to you, got because you—you know—you've done well, and it takes a lot of character to do that." But he's just shown again and again that he is the wrong guy for to play in our football team. Uh, it doesn't make up for the fact that he made that critical error on uh, Tuesday by playing well the rest of the game. It's—it's it's just too late for that. So yeah. Anyway, Trev. sorry, over to you, Trevor.
3: Trev. Now, go on, Trevor. I was going to say you, you answer that, but also this question from Craig as well, because uh, he's he's saying, "Who have we got that's better than Mustafi at the back?" So you go for that. Second potatoes. Yeah.
2: Second potatoes. That?
1: <laughs> that's that's my point. That they, they, they've all they've all got a mistake, and Mustafi more than more than more than most. I, I, I'll accept that. But uh, what what I liked about Mustafi against Chelsea was that after he made the stake, he showed a different attitude. He showed his head didn't drop like it has done in the past. But that's, that's endemic through the whole of our team. We, we, all of our players, every one of the squad is playing differently under Arteta. They all look different players. I, I can't think of one that doesn't. I mean, we mentioned the young players. And don't forget, when we're talking about defenders, Maitland-Niles, you know, I know he dropped him to the bench the other night but maitland niles has looked a proper defender over the last few weeks i mean he had saka in his pocket at palace he had rashford in his pocket at arsenal when we played man united He's really looked a class act you know so yeah i can't argue with anything Andrew says because he's exactly right mustafi's got too many mistakes in him and and those mistakes cost us far too often mm. the point i'm making is that after he's after he made that mistake against chelsea again he didn't let his head go down and he didn't drop out of the game and he didn't hide. He stood up and he was counted. And, and the rest of the game, he was brilliant. That That's the way I looked at it. You know, it, it was a different Mustafi after a mistake than it was a few weeks ago after a mistake. I'm still not saying I really want him in the side, but I'm not going to be as harsh on him as I could have been.
3: I think it's a lot of debate we've about him having for four years since he's been at the club and I'm with Andrew. He, he, he makes the same mistakes year on, year out, week in, week in. I can't, pick him up anymore. One player that I said similar about who was absolutely fantastic on Tuesday night. I'm going to talk about two players before I ask Sam what he thinks about our beloved Arsenal. But I'm going to talk about Granit Xhaka because Granit Xhaka did step it up and he played at centre-back and he was absolutely phenomenal. But the one player who wasn't phenomenal for me in the first half, which people started to tell me that he was, was our beloved Mesut Ozil. Trev, what do we do with Mesut Özil now? What has, is he coming? Is it come to the end with him? Is it is he finished now, Trev? Or, or can Özil still have a future at Arsenal?
1: Oh, personally, I think Özil should have been moved on probably three seasons ago when he dropped right off. I mean, he, he went off at the same time as uh, as um, Sanchez did. You know, they both had a poor season at the same time. Um, he, he should be. He upset me greatly in in the, in the Europa League final in Baku last year, and I, you know, we all paid our money and went over to Baku, and I, I, he let us down badly in that final. Um, and yeah, I've been so for a year or two now. I see you know me, Dan. I I won't go heavily against players. I won't really get terry. no. You never do. No. Right, never do because at the end of the day they're Arsenal players, and, and while they're with the club, I will, I will support them. But Ozil should have moved on probably two or three seasons ago. But when you're earning that much money, and you're not playing that well, who's going to buy him? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't if I was the manager. Would you? I wouldn't at all.
3: Mm, This is it. Sam, I've got to ask your opinion on this guy because uh, I think a lot of uh, kind of neutral fans or or, well, any any fan that isn't an Arsenal fan uh, can appreciate the technical ability of Mesut Ozil. But it's very frustrating watching him week in, week out. Trust me. What's your opinion of him, Sam?
0: Yeah, like you say, it must be so frustrating to have seen glimpses of him every so often but just a lack of consistency from the guy i mean he started off like very very well for you guys um and i don't know it's it's it must be just like really hard knowing that he's got such talent and such you know you know sort of you know capability but he just hasn't performed for long periods of time and you can see why certain managers have decided to, you know, not favour him. Um, I would like to see him sort of, you know, come good, but, you know, sometimes you just think, you know, how long do you give certain players? I know this is incomparable. We've got the same issue with players like Jordan Ibe, um, who've shown little flashes, but it's just there have been more terrible performances than good ones. Mm. and you just kind of think well how how long are we going to give this but um it's the application of the player that is you know quite often the issue and sometimes you do start to wonder with certain players more so for a club like Arsenal than for you know little old Bournemouth that is you know does the player think that they're bigger than the actual club themselves um I would hope that's not the case but it's I mean it's very difficult to know and uh it's a shame because you know your campaign at the moment. I mean, obviously, you're a team that is in transition. Um, what well, you've got 30 points from 24 games, and you know that. And we don't see you as this big side, I mean, huge in terms of like fan base, etc. But when you come down, we're thinking, right, we've got a chance to beat you or you know, get a result here. I just think a lot of things need to come together. Um, and I think, um, you know, you know, this season you can almost write off and just start to sort of, you know, rebuild next season. Um, but it would really help if players like Ozil, you know, are going to perform. And at the
1: moment, it, it just doesn't seem like it. Do you know, you it's, know it's really I mean, strange. It's really God, strange Tom. that Sam should... Sorry, I've done it again, Dan. No, you're line. right. No, go for it. I like I'm it, It's good, mate. Go on. <laughs> it's really strange that Sam should say that, because any other season, with us being where we are, 10th in the league with that many points, I probably would have been writing our chances off. But the fact of the matter is, apart from Liverpool, where we're running away with it, everyone else is doing the same. You know, we're... we're everyone else is uh, if if any team in that top 10 that puts a run of three or four wins together is going to bounce up that table the way the results are going you know so i'm I'm still hopeful of us putting a few wins together and moving up the table other seasons i probably wouldn't have been but uh everyone's up to it everyone everyone's dropping points left right and center so yeah i've still got a little bit of hope for a for an eye finish yeah when you look at the league table
0: I mean, it's, you know, on the BBC website or whatever, you see the main league table and you've got that easy kind of on the right-hand side the form, you know, column. Aside from Liverpool and Man City, there's not one side that's got a decent, you know, sort of run of form. I mean, you know, yourselves. You know, that's all it needs. That's all it needs.
2: I've um, put on Twitter today a copy of my um, betting slip. I put a a tenner on today that Arsenal are going to finish in the top four. And it may sound absolutely madness, but um, we've got a little mini league between us, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United. And we've only got to make up 10 points between now and the end of the season. And I I think it's going to be the complete reverse of the United Emery era, whereby we started strong and and ended up absolutely terrible. I think we're going to have a very, very strong end to the season. I can see it. I can see us um, giving someone a good hiding soon and going on a bit of a run. I hope and you're I, right, I, I, ten, Honestly, ten points is not a lot to make up between us and Chelsea, and, and I can see us having a good run, and I, I'm very confident of that. To be honest,
1: Andrew, well, I hope you're, you're right. Mate. I, really, I really do. did you see my post on our WhatsApp page? I had the same what? bet a couple of weeks ago, Andrew. I had the same. Did we were eight, eight, eighteen to one. We were to finish top well, four. I got. And I, 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 I got I'm
2: thirty-three, to one, you're 33, you're 33 joking, to one today. Thirty-three to one, I got today. I'm going, no, no, no. I'm going to have a bit more <laughs> on that I'm going to
3: have a bit more on that. I love this optimism, I must admit. But one, one worrying stat I feel that, that Sam said is that he fancies the chances, you know, when Arsenal come to him. And, and that's not what used to happen 15 years ago. And I think that Arsenal fans need to have a reality check in some terms now that we aren't this club that we were 15 years ago. What I will say is that it is looking a lot more positive now that Arteta has come in and he seems to have shaken things up. So I'm hoping going back to the question I asked at the start was, is this a different Arsenal team than it was on Boxing Day against against Bournemouth? And, and I personally think it is. I think we showed a bit of fight on Tuesday. And if mm. we can keep that team spirit together, then of course we've got a chance. I don't think we've got much of a choice but to stick with a similar team because we are down to bare bones at the moment. Um, I think that Martinez will probably play in goal because it looks to me like he plays the cup him in the cup games. Um, I'm still not fully 100% convinced, but I don't think he's a shocking keeper. I think the back four. Will will probably be making a Niles coming back in if Bellerin is now going to be back to full fitness as our first choice right-back. Saka's our only option at left-back. I personally feel he'll go with Mustafi and Holding at the back. I think that Matteo Ganduzi will probably play in the middle with uh, possibly Torreira and Willock. Um, I think they're the only kind of options we've got to rotate in the middle there. And I think the front three will probably remain the same. The only thing he could do is he does fancy Eddie, then Eddie may play up front with Martin lee and Pepe on the ring and Laka may get a rest. But that's the only kind of real options I can see there. Sam, what, what's your team going to be on Monday night, do you reckon, mate? Again, we're in a similar position
0: where we're... Almost down to bare bones, but we've got a couple of players coming back. So I would expect Aaron Ramsdale to be taking a break in goal. So probably got our, you know, our reserve keeper, Mark Travers. Um, Defensively, again, not many options. So uh, Steve Cook, after his wonder save against Norwich, uh, will be (laughs) probably... Michael would have. Michael would have loved that saying. But I'm telling you now. I must admit, um,
3: Sam, this question did come in. It did make me laugh. The big question is: Who will play in golf? Is it Steve Cook or Ramsdale? Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, you stole Tuesday my thunder. Night. I
2: was going to ask that. Yeah. On Tuesday <laughs> night,
0: there were chants such as, "You know, like are you Steve Cook in disguise?" Um, to Aaron Ramsdale. Um, everyone was. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Like as. As a footballer myself, obviously not at any uh, standard, like I can, I can kind of see why he did it, but it's just the fact that it wasn't one of these ones that was even, even sly. I remember some player for Newcastle doing it ages ago, and um, he he pretended like he was shot in the stomach. Yeah, um,
3: Steve uh, Taylor, St- Stephen Taylor was it?
0: Taylor, yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just hilarious to watch. But this one, he was down on the ground, and fair play, fair play to him; he's got good reach. But obviously, um. Uh, I think he might sort of come back in. Uh, Nathan Ake, um, maybe rested. I think Simon Francis, our club captain, could you know could well start again with Steve Cook, and then you've got your uh, left side and right side. Adam Smith potentially, Jack Stacey if he's back. Um, it's a bit unclear. Some players that will probably start, with, well, almost certain, will be Lewis Cook in the centre of midfield, a uh, very creative player that at the moment must be so frustrated with his Bournemouth career, only getting five, five, ten minutes here or there. I mean, when he was signed for AFC Bournemouth, I, I thought he was going to be the centre midfielder that the team was being built around, but obviously not the case. We've signed a, you know, a number of players in midfield since then, including Jefferson Lerman, Philip B- B- Billing. And I like that comment as well. Um, yeah. Very <laughs> apt,
3: fancy fishing there.
0: But, um, I would like to see Josh King. Uh, I think he's he's kind of on the edge of coming back, and this Good player will be a, as well. Good player, yeah, strong, athletic, dynamic, and apparently he you know he could be back. Um, but I think the key for Bournemouth is you know. There, you know, there's a mental equation for Eddie Howe. Do you maintain momentum or do you prevent injuries? And I think the focus at the moment is on maintaining momentum because that's one thing we've been missing. So I wouldn't be surprised if the bulk of the players you started against Norwich um, in our last match against Brighton, sorry, will also be starting against Arsenal. And then, yeah, we'll chuck in you know some of those extra players like uh, you know Lloyd Kelly, Lewis Cook. So it'll be hopefully a very, very strong side.
3: Yeah, I can imagine so. Is Eddie Howe going to take this seriously, this cup, or is he going to be more worried about the Premier League, Sam? Uh, We
0: haven't taken it seriously at all previously, which is ironic given the fact that, you know, when we've been in cup competitions before, we've been in a fairly stable league position, uh, you know, a lot of points from safety, yet we've thrown out reserve sides, almost treating the cup with you know, disrespect. There are some famous matches against uh, Millwall in the third round a couple of seasons ago where we got tonked 3-0. Our form dropped off a cliff after the you know, after that happened in the Premier League. And I think he's acutely aware that that could happen again. So momentum is absolutely vital. We played a, you know, we played a Luton side in round three that were one. In bottom of the championship. Two, their form was absolutely atrocious. Three, they were playing a really understrength side as well. Yet we put out a really full-strength side. So I can imagine he'll do exactly the same. Try to keep momentum and try to get a result. So I think for once he is taking it seriously.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think he'll stick with it at the moment. Um, just lastly, Sam, it, it, what danger man is there that, that we're going to play? Obviously, Abamyang is still out. He's his last game suspended, so that must be a bonus for you guys. But who, who is the, the the main threat, do you think, um, that we've got in our team that could cause Bournemouth problems?
0: I think after uh, you watching your highlights um Against Chelsea, I mean Martinelli. I don't, you know, I don't know if these kind of players are are sort of going to be playing, but players like him are fast, really good on the ball. I mean that goal that he scored, just you know, the movement of his body, low center of gravity, knows where the goal is, and you just get the feeling that there are certain players that are, you know, just you know, very technically gifted. He's one of them, but I think he also needs to have a bit of confidence and he needs a run. So players like that, um, you know, with the confidence of scoring that goal, you know, personally, I'd be playing him again. But obviously, you know, you want to keep him fresh for the Premier League as well. But he's a player that we've looked at recently that um, we're obviously very worried about. You know, obviously your strikers know where the goal is as well. I think um, it's just the kind of. We don't want to show you too much respect. Um, Even Brighton on Tuesday, first 25 minutes, they ran the show. Uh, They had so much possession. And fortunately, we slowly turned it around. We can't do that with you. Uh, We've got to go at you from the off. So um, it's going to be a very intriguing game. But, yeah, Martinelli's the one that we're really focusing on.
3: Fair enough. Andrew, if you had to pick a Bournemouth player that could cause some problems, who would you go for?
2: Well, that seems to be Bournemouth's biggest problem at the moment is scoring goals. Obviously, you had that good result against Brighton, but um, that's that sort of ended a, a run of, you know, real difficulty in front of goal. Um, I think you'll agree, Sam. But it depends. Who you, I, I I can't. I, I don't know, but I can't see Bournemouth putting out the the strongest side personally. But you, like you are saying, maybe he will go for. Uh, trying to maintain that sort of mem- momentum now. But I think Josh King is my favourite forward player. Obviously, Brooks – well, Brooks is really, but he's he's um, not, He's not. still out, isn't he, at the moment? So probably Josh, Ki- Josh King, because he's a, a very strong, powerful runner who can finish. Um, I don't know whether Fraser's already checked out, because he's almost certainly leaving in the summer, isn't he, Sam? I think his, his contract runs out in the summer.
0: Yeah, his contract so runs out. So maybe
2: – Maybe he's not. He hasn't had his best season like like he did last season, and I think his head's been turned now. Isn't it, isn't it a bit of a concern as well for you that um, about what Eddie Howe said a, a week or so ago when he said that he's just run out of ideas. He doesn't know what to do now, and I think that was before your last match against Brighton, wasn't it? Obviously, mm-hmm. so you won again a game since then. But that that isn't what you your your players want to hear, is it? When you when you actually they must have heard that and. They wouldn't want Eddie Howe to have said that to the press, I'm sure. And yeah. what do you are, think as as a fan? There are a few things that Eddie said recently that have been very
0: downbeat. And as players, yeah, you know, you want to hear some inspirational words and motivational kind of words. So there are a few things he's been said. He's said that fans have looked at and. A bit quizzically. However, um, I think, you know, Arv, he did a press conference before Brighton, obviously, as all managers do. And that sounded very positive. Um, mm. And, you know, the players, are, I mean, I've got to say they, they performed for him. It was almost like they knew that his job was on the line on, on Tuesday, whether that was the case or not. Not sure. Heard a number of rumours which indicated that it was um, quite a, a troubling time. And it could have been the case that he gave himself a particular you know, amount of games before he would decide to go. Who knows whether that's true or not, but they played for him. And Fraser, I've got to say, yeah, whilst he's been awful, um, he played like a man possessed on Tuesday and he was running after everything. I was so impressed with Fraser um, mm. and it just all came together on Tuesday. The fans properly got behind him. We're we're very sometimes very reactive rather than proactive in our support. We try to give it a go. Players, you know, you know, sort of don't respond, and then it always fizzles out into you know some kind of well tawdry atmosphere. But this one was good, it was a really good atmosphere, and the players responded and it all came together. And Hopefully, we'll do that again on Tuesday, on Monday.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Ho- ho- hopefully, not. Um, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, Trev, coming to you, mate, we're gonna start to wrap this up now. Uh, Trev, predictions for Monday night, mate. Um, wh- what are you gonna go for? With-
1: there's still replays in this round, don't there? It's the next round we don't have replays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. replays are still yeah, about, yeah, mate, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I think we'll probably, we'll go down there and we'll turn it on. A, I, I fancy a 3-1. I'm going to have a 3-1, silly mighty Arsenal. Um, just just talking about, just going back though, we missed me on, on Bournemouth's Danger, man, you see, I don't worry so much about opposition strikers nowadays. At where we suffer is, is our lack of height from a set-piece in defence. That's where we give the goal away, you know, where these big bulking centre-halves come out, come into our box and we can't match them in the air and we we can't we can't match them for strength and power. That's what worries me most. But I think we'll win 3-1 at Bournemouth. I think I'll be very drunk after the game and uh, I think it'll be a cracking night. And uh, yeah, and then on we go to the fifth round and then I wish Sam all the best with him staying up. Hey, I tell you what, Harry Redknapp only lives up the road, doesn't he? You can have him. you yeah, know it's Sam the yeah. yeah. There's
3: loads of them. <laughs> oh, God, No, no, stick with Eddie. Stick with Eddie. Andrew, what are you going for a prediction on Monday night, mate?
2: I think we are going to see a good show from Pepe on uh, Monday. I really do. Um, uh, again, it's another one I can't understand criticism of. I think he's been uh, improving a lot, um, working really hard. You know, he's been working back quite a lot as well, which seems to gone unnoticed. I actually agree with you, Trevor. I think 3-1. I think we might concede, like you say, on a set piece. But I think we're going to take it very seriously. I think we're going to put out a strong team. And I think he will really, really want to start building and getting results. So, yeah, I think 3-1 as well. Pepe, Martinelli, job done. Yeah. And I think one win will
1: get us going, you know. I think one win might see us rolling.
2: I've just had a look as
1: well, thirty-three to one. I've just had another tenner on that, Andrew. Boom! <laughs> fair play, fair play, mate. Fair
3: yeah,
2: play. I don't of, play. you. Pair of gamblers, you. you yeah. Pair of gamblers, you. That's the first bet. The first bet I've had in years, I tell you. First bet I've had oh, in okay. years, but I couldn't resist it. Couldn't resist it. Mate, I'd love,
3: I'd love top four, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100% confident. I'm going to ask Sam for his prediction, but I'm going to go for mine first. I'm not going to be as optimistic as these two. Uh, I'm going to go for a replay at the Emirates. I think it's going to be a one-all draw, and I think we'll, uh, we'll go to the Emirates and we'll beat them there. Uh, Sam, what are you going for? Uh,
0: we, yeah, I was about to ask you actually. Well, you know, what round is it? The replays are not a case anymore, but obviously it's not, it's, it's not the fourth round. So I think that, um, in my opinion, I. I I don't think Arsenal are going to win on the night, um, but, you know, probably a draw. So, you know, we we can score goals and it's set pieces as well um, that we, you know, really do well at. We found another way to play against Brighton and we're, you know, looking at your defence, there's a a good chance that we can, you know, exploit a few weaknesses, but I'm sure vice versa as well. So I'm going to go for a two-all. We play at the Emirates and, uh, well, we'll come to what happens at a later
3: date for that. <laughs> mate, we'll get you back on. We'll have a chat about that if that does happen. But um, I, of course, hope that we do go through on Monday night. Um, I just think that the Bournemouth will be well up for it against Arsenal, as most opposition teams are. Um, and I think that we may struggle. But listen, I hope I'm wrong. I'm normally wrong on these prediction things. So let's hope I'm wrong for that. Uh, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sam, thank you so much for coming on, mate. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know it's never easy to come on a another fans podcast, but we do really appreciate mate. I honestly do wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season, mate.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. And if anyone wants to have a look at our content on YouTube, just search for Back of the Net Bournemouth. We're a brand new channel. It started in August really. I mean the podcast has been around for a long time, but we start doing YouTube stuff as well. So um trying to get as many new subscribers as we get and just trying to trying to you know sort of represent Bournemouth fans um online. So yeah, uh, fingers crossed we'll be a Premier League side next season then we can do this kind of stuff all
3: over again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any Bournemouth yeah. fans listening, please go and follow Sam on Twitter at AFCB podcast, back of the net podcast. Listen to more of Sam and the gang, uh, on that decent podcast. It is Andrew. Thank you so much, mate, for coming on. Really appreciate your views and opinions, mate. And how can people follow you on social media, buddy?
2: Yes, yeah, at from dull square on Twitter. If you can please, uh, make your way over to the YouTube channel. I'd be really grateful for some subscribers on there. It's um, the From Dial Square to Wear YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, we put out shows on a weekly basis. Um, So, yeah, please join in. Please join in.
3: Please go and join Thank Andrew. You the for having me good. as well, by the way. No, uh, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome to come on anytime, buddy. You know that. Um, please go and join and uh, and follow Andrew and uh, listen to the From Dark Square podcast. It is a very good podcast indeed. And old man Trev, can't wait for you to come back to England, mate, to the UK. I really can't wait to see you over at Burnley, mate. So I look forward to that one. And hopefully we get three points there as well. Trev, thanks so much for coming on, mate.
1: No problem, mate. No problem, and uh, nice to talk to Andrew. And all the best to Sam after Monday. Don't forget guns. <laughs> and, don't forget guns and yellow ribbons and all. We do. We do a cracking podcast over there. We've got a great team of lads. Dan's always on there. He you can't get him off. And I put in the odd appearance. But can't wait to get back in the UK, Potsy and Andrew. We'll meet up and have that beer. Yeah. And I'll see you in Burnley, Dan. Definitely. And Andrew, I will see you as soon as possible for a beer. And Sam. All the best after Monday, my friend. Lovely talking to you, pal. You all too. Thanks
2: very much, Good luck.
3: Thank you all so much. Please join us for the same old Arsenal every Monday night. And there's only one thing more to say. Up the Arsenal, boys. Up the Arsenal.
2: Come on, you Gunners. Up the Arsenal. Go on, you Reds. (laughs) Mind the gap. Mind the gap. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dale Square to Wear, so if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dale Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!